Hi, you're listening to the Tickled Ink Pod, a podcast about books and fandom. I'm Nabia, and my favorite tea is fruity flavored green tea. <laughs> fruity flavored green tea. Yeah, I, my fa- my favorite one of all time is um, Fortnum and Mason's elderflower green tea. So it's fancy. So Super fancy. <laughs> Uh, my son would say it's British tea. British, British tea. He's into accents, so he goes like, especially the British accent. <laughs> um, I'm British. Diana, and my favorite tea is Earl Grey with a dash of evaporated milk. I have that like every mm. day. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say my favorite kind of tea is the spicy kind. <laughs> <laughs> also scalding hot <laughs> scalding hot I had to explain tea to one of my friends the other day um, it was so funny we were having lunch and then he was asking me about something and I was like oh yeah I'll speak to my dad I think he has the tea and this kind of stuff and he was like has the what? and he was like fully drawing a blank and I was like oh my god how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> so if, I, if I said tea to my husband he would not know either yeah they make they make fun of me like my husband and his siblings and my in-laws make fun of me for using all this gen z speak and i'm like i just spent too much time on the internet okay i know and it's fun like the way they speak it's it's just fun to put, yeah. you know to put yeah, on you were doing it to me the other night we we're texting and you were like bet and i was like I <laughs> yeah. <to> myself. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i just like saw it on the internet i was like yeah, bet. <laughs> That's hilarious. We're just cosplaying as Gen Z at this moment. We're just refusing to grow up. Yeah. Pizza pan. <laughs> okay, we are currently delving into Ruin and Rising, book three in the Grishaverse by Lee Bardugo. And these are some meaty chapters, some long and meaty chapters. Meaty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to try and cover three. From chapters 4 to chapter 6. But we'll see where we are when we hit the one hour mark. Because yeah. chapter 5 is... is chapter it's 5 huge. is a long one. Yeah. Yeah. Girthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Real so, thick. <laughs> mm-hmm. So grab your book, your tea, and come sit with us as we delve into the Shadowfold. Oh yeah, finally they get out of the White Cathedral. Yeah. Even yeah, then, they, like half of this chapter is still them saying goodbye. Yeah, they're still they're still kind of like aren't they just like traversing through the cave complex, like the cavern complex? Yeah. So basically, where we left off after that high scene, they very subtly threaten the apparat. Right? It's like you better mm. play ball, or I'm gonna kill you. Um, yeah. So they finally get out. Elena sort of puts the pilgrims, the soldat soul, and the priest guards in charge of keeping each other safe. Um, And there's the implied threat to the apparat to behave and make sure that he doesn't turn pilgrims away, that he also doesn't try to run a coup against her, right? Um, So then they, the group of them, 12 of them, um, they then make their way out through the tunnels and they really are going blind um, and trusting Mal's instincts here because mm. there's no maps of the underground tunnels yeah. and the Darklings or Prishniki or whatever they're called um, the Darkling special guard has apparently been trying to like find Alina through the tunnels and they've been collapsing tunnels and bombing them or something mm. um, and so they're really just like okay we're roughly gonna head north because they want to go to... I think they said there were rumours that there was um, the the Prince of Air. <laughs> Somewhere in West Ravka, right? They ha- no, that was later. That was um, later. Yeah, so they were, they were heading north because there were rumours of... Um, they think it's Nikolai mm-hmm. um, who's been bombing borders and, and stuff in the north. Yes. So they say, okay. This is like all that we have to go on at this point. And we're going to go there, find Nikolai, wherever he is, whether or not he's alive. And once we find Nikolai, we're going to split up 
and then Mel wants to go bring a very small group of people to go find the firebird. Mm. Yeah. So that's their plan. That's all they're going off of. And then they just so I think yeah, chapter four was just basically. Um, I mean, I think there was a a bit of um, what do you call it, like camaraderie. Like it was mm. showing like how they kind of bonded together. Yeah. And like the different people in the group, uh, like Tolia's, like always spouting. I don't know some folk tales or mythology or like epics. <laughs> I think he was like reciting epics or sagas. Oh, it sounds stressful. <laughs> <laughs> and like David is like you know expounding on topics like properties of phosphor or something. I know. So it's really <laughs> just more of um, building the characters and letting us get to know the players that will be in yeah. this book. Yeah. Because the ones we're familiar with are Alina Mal. Zoya, Tolia, Tamar, mm. Jenya, and David. But then there's the others who we've known a bit of, like Sergey. Yeah, Nadia. Nadia. Yeah. Um, and then there's the others who we haven't known anything about. Like yeah. Ad- Adric, we know of Nadia's brother because he showed up very briefly at the end of book two. But mm. these other two names just like showed up in this book. Yeah, like Harshaw. Harshaw and Stig. Yeah. So Stig is a... Uh, is he a firebender? <laughs> you know, they still don't recall. stand out to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I just, think Harshaw is a firebender. Hi, Harshaw is a firebender. What's the term? <laughs> um, just like Inferni. Inferni. <laughs> yes, Harshaw. Harshaw yeah. is like, uh, what's the word? He's like an arsonist. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a bit strange. But, he's and, actually but he has like a cat. Super into fire. He has a cat, yeah. which he humanizes cat, him, I suppose. Which he calls on cat. <laughs> which is just the Kurtz word for cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I know there's like tension there between Harshaw and most of other people because he's so weird. Like he's a bit of yeah. a... He's a bit he, chaotic. Like I think and he, he don't freaks really him out a bit, I think, yeah. right? He's, he's a bit freaky, like, you can't really tell what's in his head. Yeah, so I know that Alina does have, like, a whole passage where she's like, uh, he makes me uncomfortable, mm. He he's quite erratic, He one day he just, like, shaved his head on one side in one line, and Zoya yeah. was like, what are you doing? And um, It's like, you look like a deranged rooster. Like yeah. <laughs> so Zoya as well is becoming a big player. Yeah, we always knew she would be, right? Yeah. From book one, even though she had very small roles in there, she was already a character yeah. and built it up in book two with her support of Alina. But in book three, we start to see, especially in these chapters, we start to see her friendship budding mm. with Alina and with the people around her. And I really like that. I mean, yeah. for a while, she was a bit on the outside. She was just a mean girl. But now you mm. see that that meanness comes from a place of care um, and also a place of fear, right? Yeah. Like she's, she acts out... Um, like, it's her she defense acts mechanism. Yeah. yeah. But but she, now she's starting to let her guard down around these people, starting to trust them a bit more. And yeah. I think that's very special. I do like to see Zoya's growth in these chapters. Yeah. So they're just walking through the caves. They go, like, they bust in from, like, one cavernous thing to another the descriptions are amazing yeah so like there's that bit where they said that they started naming the rooms yeah so like there's the jewel box which is a little cave glittering with what might well have been real rubies there was the orchard where the stalactites and stalagmites were like so long they had fused together into slender columns and then there was like the long cave of pink quartz which they called the dance hall and they had to like slide on their bellies because it was so slippery (laughs) yeah so yeah like they just came into a cavern complex after cavern complex which was like which was weird and different and unlike anything they would have imagined yeah it's very magical actually like you can imagine if this is in a movie it would be one of those sort of eerie or in the dark tunnel 
and mm. just discovering different types of roots is very like a imagery of like a labyrinth as well right okay. yeah yeah so the chapter ends with like she was talking to Harshaw because I think no she's talking to um, Mel they, I think they finally so this whole time Mel sort of been avoiding her yeah and he's just been playing the guard and then she's she has a bit at the end of this chapter where she's like we're going to be traveling together for who knows how long eventually you're going to have to talk to me and he's like I'm talking to you right now and she's like is this so terrible and he says it wouldn't be if all I wanted to do was talk yeah because remember before they had sort of like implied that they've given up on their relationship mm-hmm. yeah and you see it in these chapters so like Mel is Mel is setting his boundaries he's like yeah I I can't be close to you because I want more than just friendship yeah and you and, are destined for more yeah and this cannot be like so so Mel is pulling away putting that wall between them I think mm. it, it makes Alina go a bit crazy <laughs> yeah she's like why you can't be the one to quit me yeah yeah and then yeah. at the end of the chapter She's talking to Harshaw, like you said, and yeah. then it ends with, then the first explosion hits. There's an explosion. We go to chapter five. The cave is collapsing in. Mm. And there's a like, lot of things happening. There's like a whole bunch of explosions above them. And yeah. you know what? I realized it's never explained, like what causes the cave in. What yeah, are those and who... Yeah, who, who was exploding what? them? Or yeah. was it just a natural, like, cave-in? Yeah. And it's just the sound of an explosion. Yeah. So they don't really explain it. And I'm assuming then that means that was just a natural cave-in? No idea. <laughs> yeah. So then um, the cave... Caves in. <laughs> the cave collapses. Yeah. And um, they're split up. Because some of them are split by rocks and pebbles that have fallen. Mm-hmm. And they make it out of teamwork. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Mel is kind of, um, I guess, sounding out commands, what to do. So he's mm. like directing the Grisha, like, okay, squalors, do this. Um, Inferni, do this. Yeah. Kind of thing. Because like, they're like, the they east. smell, they smell yeah. gas, right? They yeah. smell gas. And he's like, squalors, send it east. Yeah. And then... They see flame and he's like, send it east. And it's like, yeah. wow, he's just being so directive right now. <laughs> it's really he's hot. Like, yeah, he's like come into his boss era. And it's oh like, oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> now we like Mel. <laughs> Finally, Mel showing some backbone. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, then, and then um, Sergey and Steak are the ones who are separated because we're like the art section the floor had collapsed like so mm-hmm. they like in another level right yeah and so they, they found sound, yeah. no tolia tolia tamar and adric are also caught on another side of fallen rock that's blocking mm. the tunnel and then there's no more explosions and they start clearing the rock and then they see Tolia and Tamar on the other side and then they realize because then when they pull Adric out then the ceiling where they had been standing just collapsed and he was yeah. shaking and Zoya was like you held the cave and Tolia nodded he made a bubble as soon as we heard that last boom and then Zoya says huh I'm impressed <laughs> oh yeah and uh, Adric he's the little he, he's the young boy right? he's Nadia's brother he has a giant crush on Zoya. I know, I love it. <laughs> so, like, when Zoya goes, I'm impressed, and he's, like, elated. <laughs> and then she groans. He's like, never mind, I'm downgrading that to grudging approval. <laughs> I love it. And then um, and then they realize Sergei and Stig um, had been... They, uh, they don't know where caught. they are. Yeah, yeah they're they like, find Sergei, Stig, like, where are you, like... Silence, right? When they mm. call out. And then Zoya does this new trick that we've never seen before. And, and she's she, like, let me try something. Yeah, let me try something. And then she like, I guess she is like sending her voice somewhere else. 
Yeah, she's like, like playing with the acoustics yeah. by bending, bending the air. Sort of like ventriloquism. It's really cool. I'm loving Voice these bending. new, new yeah. uses of their powers. Yeah. Um, and then they so find them. It took. The, it says it them. took them nearly two hours to find them. And it's also because Sergey and Stake had lowered their pulses down, so mm. that they would, so that they would conserve air. It's like slow respiration, use less air. So they're kind of groggy. They're kind of like blary. And then they rescue Steak and Sergey. And I, I think this is when Alina was also like letting her own guard down because she had set herself apart from yeah. them. And she didn't want to know, like to get to know the new people especially. Yeah, she she's, had, very, she's being very cliquish. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I guess it's it's coming from her distrust, right? Yeah. Because when we left off the last few chapters, she was like very distrustful of everyone. So she's come to the realization that these people who are with her chose to be with her. Mm-hmm. And they have, you know, shown no reason for her not to trust in them. And also, when they finally uncover Sergey and Stig, there's the... Because they were like, you you came for us, we didn't think you'd come. Yeah. And they're like, why? And he's like, we, was, we weren't sure that you'd care. Oh. Um, and, oh no, that was Harshaw, so he wasn't sure that you'd care. And that's mm. when it became obvious that, yeah, at this for this, this whole time... Alina really is still holding herself apart. She only really talks to Mel Mm -hmm. or Jenya and David and maybe Zoya, but not to the rest. Yeah, and I guess because she's the leader, right? She hasn't um, cultivated that camaraderie because it has to to come from her. She's at the top. And she, her holding herself apart means that even people like Zoya and Nadia have not really been so welcoming to the newer people, yeah. right? Like, they haven't mixed together and made friendship, like, cultivated that friendship. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah culture. Culture is set from the top. Exactly. <laughs> Again, the corporate... Uh, more corporate <laughs> tidbits <laughs> and advice. <laughs> and then it goes on. They they continue walking. Mel's like, let's get out of here. Let's go to a safer part. And then they they move through. And then lo and behold, of course, they make it out. Mel just leads them out to towards uh like a trap door um or in, into a room with stone walls. And she's like, how did you do it? Um, he goes, uh, same as always. There's game on the surface. I just treated it like a hunt. Mm-hmm. Mm, again, with Mel's mysterious tracking powers. Mm-hmm. And then they they realize they are in a crypt. <laughs> yeah. And it's, again, right, because all the white cathedral tunnels lead to, like, churches and graveyards and crypts are, like, hallowed land. So, yeah, yeah. that tracks. Yeah. Um, so then they make their way out of the cemetery, which seems to take a long time. <laughs> and there's no one there because they're being very careful as well. They're afraid that someone's waiting outside. They're afraid they'll go run into the Darkling's men mm. um, or like other people because there's definitely a bounty on Alina's head. So they're being very careful. They leave. Yeah, when they finally get out of the crypt for the first time into open air. Mm. And everyone's obviously, like, relieved to be out of the tunnels away from the underground. And Alina is, like, you know, she tilts her head back. She's breathing deeply. There's no moon in the sky, but it was just... It just felt so good to finally be out in the open. And then uh, Mal goes, Alina. And everyone was staring at her because she was glowing. Yeah. Like, her skin was silver, cocooned in starlight. I think it was because she was, like, looking at the stars. She's, like... She was saying so many stars, a glittering tangled mass. So it's like she's pulling the light from yeah. the stars. Without even realizing it. Mm. Like she was using, she said, I let the light fall over me like a balm. Yeah. Grateful for the air in my lungs. So it's like 
yeah, getting that light therapy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, some light therapy. She needs And, some vitamin D. I know. <laughs> <laughs> And then Zoya, I love this bit because then. You know, after that moment, everybody continues to walk, and then Zoya comes up to her and is like, "You know, Starkov, I'm beginning to think you turned your hair white on purpose." <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a little bit obvious, but I see the whole moon maiden look; it's working, <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. I was like, "Ooh!" And she was also like, "Oh, that had sounded suspiciously like a compliment," <laughs> and yeah, so like- she returns a compliment to Zoya and thanks her sincerely for keeping everybody safe down there mm. in the tunnels and for helping save Sergey and Steak. And yeah. she's like, you're welcome, but I won't always be around to save your ass and summoner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Alina just grins. And I love yeah. that. I yeah. You start to see this because she still, Alina still has this weird like vibe with Zoya because mm. she's still unsure about whether or not Zoya and Mal ever got it on. Yeah, I think she feels like insecure around Zoya. Yeah, cause Zoya's because Zoya's gorgeous and powerful. Yeah, she's like gorgeous, powerful scholar. But you're the sun summoner, Alina. Like, there's yeah. nobody else like you. Stop comparing yourself to other people, exactly. okay? <laughs> you yeah. are you. You're, you're enough. <laughs> yeah, and then so they leave, they start walking... And trekking towards town or something, I guess they follow the main road, and mm. then they hear someone approaching on the road, and then they hide in the woods, and then they see a wagon, and about fifteen people, all bristling with weapons, bits and pieces of first army uniforms, which implies that they're probably militia or smugglers or like mm. deserters, right? Um, and then they see. They say, you know, it's not. They say, is it militia? And then Mel says it could be, but I'm not sure where militia would get repeating rifles, which is what, you know, uh, Nikolai was smuggling in book two. Hmm. And then so, then um, they're like, they come up with a plan. They 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 set up camp close to a river, um, close to a port city, and then. They come up with a plan where Tamar will go to one of the smugglers' meeting place in a busy square um, in Ryavost, one of the city nearby, one of the cities nearby, and then she would basically go there with the hope of getting news about Nikolai. Mm. And then yeah. the rest of them are in charge of just setting up camp. Oh, I love this bit where, as she's going away, first of all, Nadia and Tamar are a thing. Yeah. Something's happening. Like yeah. they're totally catching feelings for each other. I know they're so, like kissing on yeah. the cheeks and yeah. Before Tamara goes, like Nadia was hovering nearby. Now she cleared her throat and kissed Tamara once on each cheek. Be safe, she said. And then Tamara is like doing this showy offy thing. <laughs> yeah, it's very Sturmhund. It's like yes, you were definitely part of Sturmhund's crew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then there's an exchange between Tolia and Tamar. Yeah, where Tolia says "yueshe" in Shu, and Tamar replies "niueshe," and Alina asks, "What does it mean?" And "yueshe" means "despise your heart." Uh, direct translation, but the real meaning is more like "do what needs to be done, be cruel if you have to." And "niueshe" means "I have no heart." Yeah, and then this is something that their dad. Taught them to say, and then Mel's like, "Your dad sounds like fun." Yeah, and then um, Alina's like, she says a prayer. She's like, "Bring back news of a prince." I don't think I can do this alone. Oh, yeah. And then, then Tamara comes back, and she's like, "Um, if there were, if they were a smuggler, somebody would have approached her." And she said, "No one approached her." She heard some news. She she brought back yes. news, big yes. news. That Westravka has declared for Nikolai, so they are allying themselves to Nikolai instead of the Darkling. Mm-hmm. Which means the Darkling has one less access to weapons and ammunition, mm. and he has to go through Firda. Yeah. Um, and that Westravka is where 
Rafka's navy is so mm. which means he, you know you cut off half of his army right yeah and he's cut off the like basically he's lost the west rafkan coastline yes which is the access rafka had to trade so, yeah to kerch and yeah. onwards right yeah. so and also um this gives them hope that that means nikolai is probably then still alive hmm. um so then they're like oh we should go to west rafka because mal so alina goes to talk to mal and it's like we we should go to west rafka and they'll probably have a way for us to find nikolai over there um and then they have a moment they're like talking by the river and then um this there's this bit where mal turns and then alina sees that he got a tattoo on his back mm-hmm. and he's been hiding it from her like he's been trying to hide it from her yeah and the tattoo That's is stretched across his back it's like it across his, his broad back mind yeah. you it says the in the book. broad back yes broad <laughs> <laughs> like a compass rose but much more like a sun the points reaching from shoulder to shoulder and down his spine and the part where it goes all the way down to his spine is significant because what does alina do she goes and touches it <laughs> she's like let me feel your tattoo like, why and why would she do it down the spine <laughs> I brush my fingertips over the letters because there's letters on the tattoo as well. Mm. It's it says, uh, it's like an ancient Rafkan, Eya Strarescu, yeah. and he's like, what does it mean? And he's embarrassed, um, and she's like, tell me. He says, I am become a blade. I am become a blade. I feel like these are all tattoos that we could get. Yeah. Despise your heart. I am become a blade. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Merch. <laughs> True. <laughs> like one and of then, those, like ta- like what do you call it? Um, temporary tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> Remember? Oh, we should put like the handprint. <laughs> oh, yeah, Vladim. That's what Vladim, you Vladim. play as Vladim. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you remember a long time ago? When we were both still working together, and you had read a book, I don't remember what book you were reading, but you were telling me about it, like um, how the main character had the tattoos on her wrists that uh-huh. had like on one hand said true, on the other said story, so it said true story. Yeah. And then we were fooling around at the office, and then we drew it on our hands, but we drawn it in the wrong way. <laughs> so it said story. Story true. true. <laughs> That would totally happen if we did the merch. It'd be like, why is it like the other way around? Yeah. Be- become a blade, I am. Yeah. It's like Yoda. Is that you? Yes, this is what happens when we try to do shit. <laughs> so yeah, and still then a they, good idea though. <laughs> it's still a good idea. So <laughs> then, um, yes, like you said, he's um, he's shivering under her light touch. Um. And then, I think they're just about to, like, cross over and have a moment and, like, you know, get beyond whatever this block is between them when suddenly a voice comes from behind them says, hands above your heads. And it was... steam Good. So right, gotta. Who's this person? We're we're only like thirty percent of the way into the book. We can't resolve these relationship <laughs> dramas so fast. It's like, excuse you, we're having a private moment. <laughs> and then it was the people from the convoy earlier, mm-hmm. so they had their rifles pointed at them, and they're like, "Come on over!" And then, um, the guy who's clearly an army deserter as well recognizes him he's like Oretsev mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then he's like Luchenko he's like all saints I haven't seen you since your unit trained with me in Polisnaya 
and you know he's like oh he's the best tracker in 10 regiments never seen anything like it and now you're the most famous deserter in all of Rafka and then he's like who's this with you take off the scarf and she takes it off and then he gives a low whistle it's like heard you were keeping hallowed company or it's if looks like we caught ourselves a saint so they're yeah. like yeah we're gonna get the bounty on your heads a big reward for us and they're like celebrating so they walk them back to camp alina is trying to you know talk to the other people he's like um you're gonna hand me over that easily to the darkling she says foolish yeah. And he's like, big talk from a girl with a rifle at her back. He's like, it's just good business. You think Firda or the Shuhan won't pay a small fortune? Maybe even a large fortune to get their hands on the Sun Summoner. How many men do you have? And then Luchenko is like telling her to be quiet. And he's like, all I meant was that you could auction me off to the highest bidder and keep your men fat and happy for the rest of your days. And so she's trying to create like division between between them. Yeah. But then they're like, don't get greedy. We aren't ambassadors or diplomats. The bounty is more than enough for us. And that's all we need, right? So then they go where t- to where everybody else is still rounded up um, at the camp. And they're all cheering and like imagining how much money they're going to get. And they're like, start thinking about how we're going to spend all the Darklings money. They cheered. And then a soldier from somewhere near the back of the circle says, why not ransom her to Nikolai Lansov? Lansov, Luchenko said. Um, if he has a brain in his head, he's rusticating somewhere warm with a pretty girl on his knee if he's even alive. Someone says, he's alive. Yeah. And... And then blah blah blah. So there's like still some more dialogue between Alina and him. It's like, what about your country? And then um, it's like, it doesn't matter if it's the Darkling on the throne or some useless Lansov. And then the other girl who was with him, Ekaterina, was like, I saw the prince when I was in Osalta. (laughs) He's not bad looking. Not bad looking, said another voice. He's damnably handsome. And this part, I was like, (laughs) yes, it's Nikolai. (laughs) Yep, and it's like brave in battle, smart as a whip, you know. An excellent is, dancer. Is Nikolai just talking himself up? <laughs> and he's like, an excellent dancer. Oh, and an even better shot. And Luchenko goes, who? But he never got to finish. And a tiny black hole appeared between his eyes. And Alina's like, impasse. Mal goes, don't say it. <laughs> Because, you know how, I love that whole, like, impossible, you mean improbable from Nikolai. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy. Nikolai's back. So, (laughs) so we go into chapter six. Um, You know, they they have to, they have to basically They have to fight their way out. Yeah. Yeah, they fight their way out, but they also have to kill everybody because... Now that they know and they've seen the Sun Summoner, they cannot leave anyone alive. Yeah, they need to kill all the witnesses. Yeah. So they make quick work of it. Like all the Grisha, Nikolai's Grisha, Alina's Grisha and her band like Mel, Tolia and Samar. They're just like really brutal about it as well. Yeah. Um, and then they run and stop in the middle of a marshy soil and Alina's like uh, Nikolai's like here and they're like what the hell Um, the ground moves below them and then you know cables snap into place and then they start rising and they are (laughs) on a huge long oblong whatever and it was attached to like a flying barge called the pelican another one of Nikolai's inventions yeah (laughs) a new invention a new airship prototype by Nikolai. And it's like, Trick seems to be getting the balloon not to collapse. <laughs> and Alina's like, did you solve that little problem? For the most part, you know. <laughs> He's oh, as Nikolai as ever about it. Like, so nonchalant. Oh, so handsome. <laughs> Such a privateer. So yeah. reckless. Oh, I can imagine him with the wind blowing in his hair. He's like, I got you. Um, so yeah, then they make quick work of the band of people and then Stig 
um, sends fire licking over the bodies in the f on, in the fields just so that you know you hide the evidence. <laughs> yeah, but so okay, Mel said we can't leave survivors, and then they were getting rid of everybody, and then when he was coming up onto the pelican again, a man like held on to Mel, right? Like, Mel was holding on to the ropes, and then the guy, like, basically pulled Mel, like, released a roll, slashed out. Mel put up a useless hand to defend himself, and then this is the first time Alina actually murders somebody. Yeah, she uses the cut. Yeah, she uses the cut, light flashes off the soldier's blade, and then the soldier is cut into half the way that she first saw the Darkling do the cut, right? Mm -hmm. Just saw someone in half. And that's why Stake has to send fire over the bodies because Alina says here, I hadn't stopped to think that a body sliced in half would give away my presence just as surely as an informant. Because it's such a signature yeah. move. Like, it, only two people <laughs> can do it, right? Yeah. Only two Grisha are strong enough to wield the cut. Yeah. Yeah. So then they fly. They fly off to safety. Alina's vomiting. Yep. And then, you know, they have like... They have a reunion, basically. Mm -hmm. Between Alina and Nikolai. And, you know, Nikolai is saying hello to everybody. And everyone's just like relieved and happy to see him. David's just like nerding out over this technology. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what is this, um, what do you call it, material? Yeah, he's like, it's some kind of cured resin. But it's been reinforced with carbon fibers. And Nikolai says, glass. And he's like, more flexible. Yeah, he says, near, near ecstasy. ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can just imagine him just like. Uh, like orgasming over it, <laughs> more flexible. Oh God. <laughs> and then um, control Alina yourself, David. <laughs> <laughs> Not in public. Yeah. And then um, Alina notes that you know she, Genya's presence worries her a little bit, but Nikolai had never seen her scarred and didn't seem to recognize her, so uh, that's clearly gonna come up again later. It's been mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um. So then they, you know, fly over the landscape. Nikolai comes over and talks to her. And then, you know, he, she's so relieved that her eyes fill with tears. And he's like, first vomit, then tears. Don't tell me I've lost my touch. And she's like, I'm just happy you're alive. Though I'm sure you can talk me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so they have their banter and they talk about it. And they catch up and... Um, and then um, Alina reveals to Nikolai that the 12 people that are there are all that remains of the second army. And, mm. you know, Nikolai, I think, is disappointed because obviously it's a lot less than he was hoping. Yeah. Um, but he's like, it's okay, we can make it work. He's already like in strategy mode. Mm. Um, and then thinking through how they can possibly work together to win the war, right? So... Let's talk about this and she asks after the king and queen, asks if he got Bagra out and he says, yeah, I did. I had great trouble and with little thanks. You <laughs> might have warned me about her. <laughs> so, and Alina's like, she's a treat, isn't she? Like a fine plague. <laughs> yeah, and then he, he's the first time he's seen her as well since the birthday party mm. uh, where everything went down and, you know, he notes her white hair and he's like, bold choice. And she tells Nikolai about what happened and how she used Merzos to try to kill the Darkling. Mm. And she said, I tried to kill the Darkling by killing myself. And he's like, I see. Um, and, you know, his reactions to everything that she has to say, which she's always had this fear. I guess, like, Mel doesn't understand some yeah, of the like reasons why with, she does it with other people I think it's like other people might judge her right yeah like she fears their judgment because she also feels a little bit like am I straying to the dark side yeah <laughs> like, like why like, did I do that yeah like I have these shadow desires that are not palatable to most people not even to herself like herself yeah. before 
Yeah. But with Nikolai, Nikolai doesn't judge. Nikolai's like, just like, you got to do what you got to do, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. And then when she tells him about how she created, like, she can command the Nichiboya. He's mm-hmm. like, you can command them. And he's already, <laughs> like, calculating a possible advantage, right? He's like, oh, we can use that. Because you can yeah. command it. Yeah. <laughs> But she's like, ah, uh, don't get excited. I have to be in direct contact with the Darkling. And he's like, oh, will that change once you use the f- once you found the Firebird? And she's like, I'm not sure. So it's um, it is nice to see because they've always, in the last book, even they create they came to this point where they really were on equal footing. Yeah. They really were partners in exactly. the war, right? And this continues here as well. Where there is care on a personal level, but more than that, you really, we really are sort of like the fate of Rafka is in our hands together, mm-hmm. and it is our responsibility. So let's talk through it in a very productive way, right? Of like, yeah, how what what's our strategy? How are we gonna solve these issues? So I like that. I've always, I guess for me, that's why I've always liked the Nikolai and Alina, yeah, sort of dynamic. Because yeah, let's talk about because she has. Basically, three love suitors. interests. Suitors. <laughs> <laughs> like the Darkling, obviously, the power dynamic is off. Yeah, um, like he was just hot in the first book. And but then he became a crazy yeah, abuser. Exactly. And he has, well, he had so much power over her, right? Yeah. Like she was the tutee, I guess. Like she was the new kid who was learning mm. the ropes and he was this ancient powerful Grisha who commanded an entire army yeah and it was like aloof yeah and like you know there's this air of like I, I can be the one to yeah. like get him to soften up and yeah. and he held all the power yes in that initial um, dynamic I mean it's changed over time so currently it's like he's sort of impressed with her but he still wants to control her yeah right? there's an element of yeah I still need control yeah and then with Mel and Alina in the current dynamic they're like no longer equals like Mel is I guess uh, he sees himself as subservient to Alina right? he yeah. sees Alina um, worthy of better things like above him above his station out of his league and part of that is from Alina as well though right like yeah. because she already has this like preconceived notion that he doesn't understand mm. her motivations mm-hmm. um, she's on the defensive as well she's like yeah. Mel Mel would never get it he doesn't understand why I would choose my power why I would choose Ravka and stuff like that. So she doesn't really give him a chance as well mm. to be that yeah. for her. So so you do see that it's not just Mal yeah. putting himself in a subservient position. It's her keeping him at arm's length by mm-hmm. assuming that he would think the worst of her. Yeah. Right. But then with Nikolai, she's just brutally honest and she doesn't care. Yeah, she's like, this is who I am. You've always seen me for who I am, and maybe it's because Nikolai has all these many faces yeah. that she doesn't feel afraid to be honest and open, and she wants to get a real reaction from him because mm. it would I take think, a lot to yeah. shock Nikolai. Right? I think she sees. I feel like she maybe sees herself in Nikolai too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like Nikolai doesn't. He does. Maybe some things that people might consider mm-hmm. shady or underhanded. Yeah, because he's like a the ends justify the means guy. Yeah, and I guess she's like, you know, she's vibing with that. She's like, yeah, you and me, we understand each other. Yeah, yeah. which I do appreciate, you know. Like, there are so many main characters or protagonists of stories like this where they have this, like, unbending moral compass mm-hmm. and while that is admirable it's also highly unrealistic yeah like, it becomes a character that you really can't relate to because mm-hmm. like this sort yeah, of like conflicted characters yeah. are so much easier for us to appreciate and yeah, relate I to I appreciate right? that she's morally grey and she doesn't know like yeah. And I, yeah I like that she's still figuring it out because yeah when you have so much power 
would you really you know be like super like saintly <laughs> yeah like yeah. nobody's a saint right exactly like that's what that's what i guess what this whole thing is about as well like she's venerated as a saint mm-hmm. um but she's constantly doubting herself her motivations internally you are we are privy to her internal thoughts and monologue to for like her desire for more power which is just driven by like greed for power right mm-hmm. it's not because she wants power so that she can tear down the fold like she stopped lying to herself about that ages ago yeah and i really do appreciate that i yeah. i i'm really enjoying this current alina to alina yeah and like her like you said like her grayness so yeah yeah it's nice it's so hard to it's so hard to keep listening to a character who's like oh i'm only doing this for the right reasons blah 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 like uh, come on <laughs> <laughs> it's like how we were like talking about the ticket and then we were like should we do something you know you were like oh like i could I could maybe access the pre-sale, but it's like, you know, it's a little shady. <laughs> and then we were like, oh man, I wish we weren't so like ethically, like, you know, we had a moral compass. <laughs> it's so much no. better if we didn't have such a, no. you know, then strong moral compass. Then we'd have Taylor Swift tickets already. Exactly. Oh, why can't I be more like Alina? <laughs> this is, these are like these Taylor Swift tickets to us are like the Firebird. Right? Exactly, <laughs> the Firebird, and it's like you could get it, but it may be at what cost? At what, at cost, what cost? Right? It's like it's the dark path, <laughs> <laughs> and we're like we can't go down the dark path. <laughs> no, once you open that door, <laughs> where is the line Mer-sost. anymore? <laughs> Merzost. <laughs> We shall call that <laughs> this our attempt to secure yeah Taylor's with tickets Merzost <laughs> that path is Merzost <sighs> yeah and then she I mean we'll wrap this bit up where she asks Nikolai she's like because he asks at what how high is the price that you have to pay right? mm, to to make the Nichevoya to, to use to, to use Merzost yeah. And she says, she thinks about it. She's like, it doesn't matter. I'll pay it. And then he considers it. And he's like, very well. She says, that's it. No sage words. No dire warnings. And he goes, say it, Selena. I hope you weren't looking to me to be the voice of reason. I keep to a strict diet of ill-advised enthusiasm and heartfelt regret. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, I mean, Nikolai is not the person. I mean, and she knows deep down. The reason she keeps telling Nikolai things is because... Nikolai is not, not the gonna. voice of reason. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's the he's like you know he's, he's the hype man. He's the, he's the wingman. He's like yes, let's do it. I support you <laughs> in in all your crimes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I love it. And then um, yeah, they're like they're talking, and then she's like, oh, I'd missed him the way he talked, the way he attacked a problem, the way he brought hope with him wherever he went. And for the first time in months, I felt the knot in my chest ease. See, this is why we ship Alina and Nikolai. Yes. What is is your ship name? Alilai? Nicolina? (laughs) Elioli. 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 It doesn't even make sense. Yeah, now it's making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then they fly up into the Fjordan Mountains. And um, that's when we realize that um, Nikolai had built a base in the mm-hmm. mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's huge. It's like multi-leveled and all his flying cargo ships yeah. and whatnot is there docked there's in like, the hangar yeah there's it's actually like in the massive snow-capped mountain and we find out that it used to be uh what was it an old monastery <coughs> for one of the northern saints and mm-hmm. nikolai had repurposed it and turned it into a base so there's like training floors there's rooms blah blah the king and queen are there yeah he also and makes a like, little flex there because like, yeah, like, how so does how he does do it? <laughs> it's like, I have a lot of money. 
a lot you know my of money. A lot of money. Say <laughs> like, yes, Alina. See, he's got everything. <laughs> Look at him. He's trying to impress you. And then they Look get at into my an hollowed elevator. out mountain. <laughs> yeah. Then they get into an elevator, and everyone's like, "What the hell was that?" Because <laughs> it's a, a Nikolai invention. Um, and and David's just like, "Wow, what is this? How is it made?" <laughs> <laughs> and then um, he asks because you know Jenya takes David away and yanks him clear, and then he glances at Jenya and says quietly to Alina, "What happened to that girl?" And she's like, "Long story," but she doesn't go into it. Mm. And then she asks about Bagra, and well, f- you know, Nikolai gives her a big tour, blah blah blah. Like I said, it was an old monastery, yeah. and then um, you know, there's like heated pipes. Um, and people are training and, and you can see the there's like huge windows and you can see the mountain range outside which sounds like a freaking awesome view exactly best view and, and then she's like I'd like to see Bagra Nikolai's like um, I'll take you to her uh, you and Oretsev can join me for dinner and Mel says thank you but I should look into outfitting our expedition to retrieve the firebird and then she's like Alina says, there had been a time not so long ago that Mel would have bristled at the thought of leaving me alone with Prince Perfect, though Nikolai had the grace not to register surprise. Mm. And then, you know, the two of them have a moment, and he, like, claps Mel on the shoulders. It's good to see you, Oretsev. And Mel returns the smile, and he's like, you too, thanks for the rescue. It's like, everyone needs a hobby. I thought yours was preening two hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, okay, Nikolai and Mel, their relationship is good. Yeah, they can be right. bros now. They can be bros. Mal is letting go of Alina, so mm. that tension that came from Mal is gone, right? And Nikolai yeah. isn't like going out of his way to be a dick about it as well. Yeah. Um, so then they go and see Bagra, and you know it's it's quite cute. Bagra and Nikolai. Yeah. <laughs> Have good banter <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Bagra, how are you this evening? Still old and blind, she snarled. <laughs> and charming, Nikolai drawled. Never, Never forget, forget charming. charming. <laughs> Welp. Hag. <laughs> what do you want, pest? <laughs> so yeah, it's like really cute. And then when Alina says hi, he says, ah, the little saint, she murmured, returned to save us all. Um, and Nikolai says, well, she did almost die trying to rid us of your cursed spawn <laughs> and she blinks it's like so Nikolai knew that Bagra was the Darkling's mother and then um, she says couldn't even manage martyrdom right could you she waves her in come in and Bagra's shut the door Bagra's like girl. that Asian parent you know <laughs> yeah like can never give you any like praise <laughs> exactly it's like you didn't get 100% like what's this 99% couldn't even manage <laughs> martyrdom. <laughs> yeah, so then it's it's cute. Like, they, you know, Nikolai leaves and then he's like, are you still here? Snap Bagra because he's still talking <laughs> in classic Nikolai fashion. He said, like, I go but hope to remain in your heart. And then he goes away. And then Bagra's like, wretched boy. Then the Alina goes, you like him? I said in disbelief, greedy, arrogant, takes too many risks. <laughs> And then, you know, they have a little bonding moment where they both crush on Nikolai. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> and and um, Misha, the little boy, the servant boy who had been with Bagra back at the little palace is there with her as well. Mm. And then um, she's like, boy, go and fetch me something sweet. So Misha leaves. And then just as he passes Alina, Alina's like, just a moment, what's your name? And then he asks her, do you know where my mother is? <laughs> oh no. He's seven. He's seven. He's like touching. He's like your son's age. I know. <laughs> She's like, I don't, I'm sorry. And Bagra tells her that, you know, um, her mother was one of the servants at the little palace and they've had no word from her. She probably died in the attack. Mm. Um, so then um, Alina's like, why don't you go find Malian or Retsef and he'll get you a practice sword and I'll let you learn to fight. Mm. So yeah, then Alina and Bagra catch up and Alina, I think it's because where they, la- where they left off, Bagra was sort of like not 
interested in talking to Alina. Mm-hmm. And, like, and, she and not her interested from her in the outside world either. So yeah. um, Alina actually asked, kind of asked her, like, would you consider teaching them, the kids? Would you consider yeah. teaching them? If I and bring them here. Said, hmm. She said with a scowl, someone has to. Who knows what garbage they've been learning with that bunch. <laughs> so it's like, you know, she's willing to go out and teach yeah. kids, which is a huge progress. Yeah. And then um, Alina tells Bagra that she tried to kill um, the Darkling again and that she failed. And then she's, she also blurts it. She's like, I used Mirzost. And Bagra's shocked, right? She's like, you what? Mm-hmm. It's not worth the price. Don't do it. Only misery can come of it. And then um, she's like, I don't have a choice. Um, we know where the Firebird is once we find it. And she's like, you'll sacrifice another ancient life for the sake of your own power. And he's like, maybe not. Maybe it doesn't have to die. And she's like, listen to you. It's not some children's story. She's she's really like, you know, I think Bagra is coming to realize that Alina's not this sweet, scared girl that she was when she first came to the little palace. And she's like, mm. oh, the thought of killing and all this blood on your hand doesn't bother you as much as it should, does it? And she admits it doesn't. Um, and yeah, so she's like, I won't deny it. I want the Firebird and I want it to fight. I want to create my own army to fight Darkling Shadow soldiers. And she's like, abomination against abomination. And then they, Alina says, I've read Morozova's journals. And um, Bagra asks, have you now? Did you find them stimulating reading? And she says, no, I found them infuriating. And then Bagra laughs and she's like, my son poured over those pages as if they were holy writ. He read them a thousand times, questioning every word. He began to think there were codes hidden in the text. Um, in the end, he cursed Morozova's name. So there's again this hints, right? Mm. It's like Morozova, because she's like, do you think there was a chance that Morozova didn't finish what he had set out to do, that he didn't create um, an amplifier out of the firebird? And... Bagra's like, no, there's no way that he could have done, he could have left that undone. It wasn't yeah, his way. He, he says, like, yeah, and she says it like he's someone that she knows intimately yeah. or has met before. She's like, Morozova never could have left that undone. It wasn't his way. Yeah. And then she remembers how Bagra once said, I would have liked to see his tag, which, yeah, which like was something. We highlighted yes, in, the, when in it that came episode up. too, right? Like, yeah. yeah. And then just as she's about to ask and sort of press and find out more about Bagra and how she knew Morozova or whether she knew him, um, Mal comes at the door and is like, there's a problem with Jenya and the king. And that's where we end chapter six mm-hmm. and tonight's episode. Mm-hmm. Big chapters, huh? Yeah, especially chapter five. That was a huge long chapter. Yeah, because usually it would like have ended when they made their way out of the cavern, but then it went on for like the camp scene and them yeah. getting captured and everything. Yeah, there were like, like three different like distinct scenes. Yeah, in that right. In the last two books, she would have cut them off mm. at least three times. So yeah, we see we see her sort of like rushing through the plot here as well. Mm-hmm. Like I think get, to get to the plot, get to the meat of the story, we, which I think we're yeah. we're closing in on that now. Mm-hmm. Like, because you're excited. you're in book three of a trilogy, right? So mm. you are definitely going to rush to it. You're like, oh, oh crap! I need to get to I need to get to this point of where exactly. the story is supposed to pick up. So I need to like rush through this and yeah. fit in as much as I can in the front. Mm-hmm. So yeah, excited for next week. You'll be in town. I will be. Yes. Yeah. So we can have our in-person recording. Yes. You'll be in town for a while. We might even be able to like finish this entire book while you're here. Mm Mm-hmm. Ambitious? No, not at all. I think we can. We can do like two or three sessions, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Three more sessions. Yes. And hopefully we shall have Taylor Swift tickets in our hands. <gasps> yes. <laughs> I 
manifesting tomorrow. Manifest. Okay. Come on, my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Okay, thanks for listening and sticking with us this far. We're on Instagram at Tickled Ink Pod. Come slide into our DMs with comments or questions or suggestions for what books to cover in future. If you enjoyed our podcast, please do follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Rate the show and share with your friends who are similarly into fantasy YA novels, weekly shoppers, or hot fictional characters. Ooh, we should do the we should do the despise your heart. Oh yes, okay. <laughs> We'll do a call and answer. That's what I was gonna say. Yu Ye She. Ni Ye She.